Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Holy shit. Welcome to Degenerates Clubhouse, episode 30, another little mini milestone for us. What do you think about that, Jeffy? I'm I'm excited. We're many milestones are coming our way. We've got the episode 30 milestone. Soon we will have a, a physical and mental milestone of running a half marathon in unison. We're we were thinking about potentially making that a, a virtual marathon that people could participate in with us. And and on that note, I, I have been running and training uh, to try to catch up to you because right now your distances are much farther than mine, and I want to make sure. 100% I actually finish. And with that, I've been spending a lot of time running alone in the woods by myself. And I wanted to maybe give the listeners an insight into some of the strange thoughts that I have when this is happening. And one of the things that I was thinking long and deeply about was... Long and deeply? <laughs> long and deeply and Here hard. Here we go. Go. Mondo, it's much better to think deeply about something than it is to think flaccidly about something. That's what I always say. And sure. another almost as popular expression is if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? And I came to the conclusion that everyone should just stop fucking saying that. And here is why. In three reasons. Reason number one. I'm pretty sure the type of person that asks you that question at a party is also the same person that when they're like a little kid and they're at their friend's sleepover, they piss their pants and started crying. And then the what? friend's mom <laughs> comes over. No, you know, you, you all know that one kid, right? You had that friend, they're at the sleepover, everything's going good. And they wake up in the middle of the night and they're crying and there's this big stain going down their little PJs. And I didn't have sleepovers. That's, that's, you didn't that's have sleepovers? Thing. Hashtag things white people do. We didn't have sleepovers. We may have had like relatives spend the night or something like that, but not not really like friends. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? I didn't have ten brothers and sisters in my house, so touche. So <laughs> there was room for extra, and we just we just sort of wanted to make the experience. Anyhow, I I remember that happening, and like you know the the friend's mom was like all right like do, do you want to stick it out here at the sleepover and learn how to navigate difficult social situations or should i call your mommy and then like the kid was like like number 2 definitely number 2 and when i to clarify when i say number 2 i meant they meant call their mom not that they took a shit in their pants cuz well I, I think i i think you can come back from pissing your pants at a, a sleepover but like if you shit your pants you just you need to change schools and Enter the witness protection program. Like, you're done. Like, that friend group is dead to you. Um, but anyhow, like, that same kid, years later, has now cornered you at a fucking party, and they don't know how to deal with people, and they're like, oh, if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? And they have a, a metaphorical piss stain running down their pants, or possibly a literal piss stain if it's a frat party. Um, so that's number one, why you shouldn't say that. Number two... The basic premise of the question is whether an event occurs if we're not physically there to observe it. So let, let's just apply that idea to another scenario. So let's say Jim's wife cheats on him with an NFL offensive lineman. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, yeah. No, Jim's not happy. He's 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 very upset. He's like, well, like, like I think you cheated on me. So, number one, I, I now have a debilitating case of PIS, penis inadequacy syndrome, and Shit. two, I want a divorce. But Jim's wife is like, but did I cheat on you though? You know, if I bang an oversized man ogre and no one is there to see it, did it really happen? Divorce granted. Now I'm taking half your stuff to Cedric's house. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, it doesn't hold up, does it? Right? Same logic, no. different scenario, doesn't work. And this is the third reason why you should just not say that at all. The question just fails to take into account how limited our sensory perception is as humans. And any th- this happens a lot, right? This has happened all through human history. Like we we have very limited understanding of the natural world around us and anytime we can't explain something with our eyes or our ears we attribute it to like supernatural or some sort of higher power so i, w- I want you to take take jim's wife again as an example like oh shit she manages to, to convince jim that she didn't cheat on him and now it's nine months later and she's been in labor for 10 hours and it's not going well like like the doctors like they're about to perform a c-section that would make jeffrey Dahmer puke up his applejack cereal and like like sidebar, Mondo, do you want to know how I know that old Jeffrey was an Applejacks man? I was about to say, how do you know it wasn't fucking Captain Crunch? He, this is how I know. The Applejacks slogan at that time was Applejacks, we eat what we like. Ah, I know. gotcha. I know. This is, this is like next level thinking. But anyway, so Jim's wife is about to get the C-section. The doctors are preparing... To, to do it, there's like a priest there saying last rites in case it doesn't go well. Like, oh, Heavenly Father, please don't stop just in case this bitch's pussy pops. Um, I, I never heard last rites, but that's what I assume they sound like. <laughs> but it doesn't come to that because two hours before, halfway across the country, a tree falls in the woods. And there was no one there to hear it, but the vibrations from that tree set off this massive chain reaction leading to a shift in the tectonic plates. And right before they're about to make a C-section, there's an earthquake by the hospital and the baby pops right out. And Jim is like, holy shit, that's a miracle. And also, why is my baby 14 pounds in black? And the doctor is like, it's not a miracle. Do you understand how the butterfly effects works? It was probably just a tree falling in the woods somewhere. And the priest is like, yeah, but who made that tree fall? But who made that tree black? (laughs) (laughs) Who made that log so thick? There's way more rings in that log than there should be. (laughs) Oh, wow. Holy moly. I feel bad for Jim. I mean, really, really, I guess number four you should you should stop asking if a tree falls in the woods. Uh, it doesn't make a sound because it really fucking hurts Jim's feelings. And Jim seems like a good guy. And the butterfly effect. Shout out to Ashton Kutcher. I don't know how he, exactly he plays into all this, other than um, he, he he does <laughs> he does seem like like the sort of guy who who might get his wife cheated on by an NFL offensive lineman. And uh, his show Punk did a lot of stupid pranks. And Mondo. What? Speaking of stupid pranks. Oh, yeah. We, we, we don't just have a Florida Man story for you. This this is, this is like all the Marvel movies. There was, you know, there was Thor. There was Thor Dark World. There was Thor Ragnarok. There were a lot of Thor movies. But basically what I'm trying to say is you had all these Marvel movies all leading up to 
the Avengers Infinity War. And and this Florida Man episode is the Infinity War of Florida Man stories. This this is what it was leading up to. Mondo, what's the headline? So the headline in uh, This Week in Florida Man. A Florida man who ran onto Super Bowl field was promoting porn website. And I'm sure everybody, like like you, I don't know if you watched the NFL Super Bowl thing. You're not a big football fan. I did watch Super Bowl. The thing is, you're watching it live, and you don't see that porn. You don't see the streaker until, like, afterwards. And you're like, huh, I want to know more. What? Who, there was a streaker? Why didn't? Why wasn't it televised? Oh, my God. Wait, do we have a crossover? Was the website, like, giant NFL offensive linemen banging small white chicks? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, because really, that would the 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 Super Bowl would be the best place to advertise that, right? Uh, I'm gonna read a little bit of the article, and then you can kind of jump in here and there. Okay. The attention-seeking Florida man who rushed onto the field during the Super Bowl in a bizarre attempt to promote an X-rated website was charged with misdemeanor trespassing. Authority said Monday, Yuri Andrade, 31 was taken into custody right after his publicity stunt Sunday night at the Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. The maskless Boca Raton resident interrupted fourth quarter by jumping the fencing in the stands and running across the field while wearing a pink leotard and black shorts. Now, I saw the photos of this guy, and I was like, what the fuck is he wearing? Like, I didn't... It didn't make sense to me. Like, I understand, like... You've all... You've seen streakers running naked or maybe wearing like something kind of risque but this guy was wearing like shorts but with the leotard underneath it and it was pink so it fucking stood out i was like dude what the hey, fuck is you know what he's guy? just really passionate about breast cancer awareness and he, <laughs> he was he was trying to take advantage of uh the lax security at the super bowl to, to just push that message forward maybe uh maybe uh colin kaepernick needs to wear a pink leotard to get attention or awareness towards uh uh racial injustice instead of like kneeling yeah i mean that's <laughs> that's one way to go i don't know if lack of attention was really cap's problem because if you remember he wasn't seeking interviews or anything like that he was like i will just quietly kneel by myself not say anything and then uh, a whole media shit firestorm happened so i i feel like in his case Probably didn't need to, to muddy the message, but man, in in this guy's case, every superhero has has their their costume, right? Not all superheroes wear capes, but they all have costumes, and just a train wreck, nonsensical costume is is the banner of Florida Man. And this guy really stepped up to the plate and did the Florida Man mantle proud. His 15 seconds of fame ended after security tackled them near the end zone and escorted them out of the stadium. Andrade was booked into the Hillsborough County Jail around 2 a.m. and was released on a $500 bond. Just a few hours later, the suspect who told deputies he works with an international business bragged about a... bragged about the spectacle on social media i am the expletive king now i'm gonna assume he said fucking i am the fucking king now he wrote in an instagram post andrade's pink leotard featured the name of a porn website run by youtube prankster vitaly zdravetsky who is known for planting people at sports events to promote his business we fucking did it he tweeted alongside a picture of andrade running across the field 
So in their case, they feel justified. They feel uh, they were, you know, they were pulling off a, a cool prank. So first of all, I, how the fuck did he get in there? Because um, I know the, the stands were a lot, lot more sparse. I mean, I think like a third of all the people attending were actually f- frontline medical workers who had already been vaccinated. Did this Russian YouTube star slash mafia don like buy him a ticket? Like, did he get a vaccination? How the fuck did this guy get in in the first place? Yeah, did did he get a COVID test? Like, he had to he had to have gotten in. You know what? Maybe he got a ticket, uh, and was just like a regular fan. But but my thing is, look, being that it's COVID time and all this stuff, I would have thought the security bin would have been like a lot more. And it's a fucking Super Bowl. Like, I thought it would have been, like, way crazy, intense security. And, you know, this guy got... What was funny was seeing the guy get tackled and all the guys tackling him were wearing masks. <laughs> I would like to imagine that we had sort of a a Ocean's Eleven Mission Impossible style scenario where, like, they had to, like, break into a hospital to steal credentials. And, like, they forgified... Uh, for, they uh, falsified... Forged or falsified? You pick one, one or the other. I like forged. Or both. Forged, For, they forged some documents uh, to, to show that he had a COVID vaccine. And like all these parts came into play. So instead of stealing $120 million from a, a safe under casino, this guy got his dumb ass onto a football field in his Florida man costume and could run around. Hey, but you know what? Honestly... So the guy gets arrested. A $500 bail is not a big deal, especially if your boss is paying you to fucking do this prank. I'm sure the boss covered the $500 bail. I wonder how much he got paid by the by the porn website guy, the Vitaly Zdravdreski, whatever. I wonder if he got paid like, hey, dude, I'll pay you fucking $10,000. Like, what would... What would it take? He got paid for you four hundred billion rubles, which equals roughly six hundred dollars. What would it take if you didn't give two fucks? Like, how much money would it take to pay you to do that? Like, at a Super Bowl? I didn't give two fucks. Well, I mean, not a lot. But are you asking how how much it would cost? That's that's a good question. Like, how much money would you want? Like, how much do you think the guy got paid? So, and this this is to promote a porn site, right? Yeah. Porn oh, sex make good money. Porn sex make, make make good money. I'm sure like money is not, especially if it generates more hits for the porn website and what have you. I want to know what porn website it is too. That's another thing I want to know. To promote a porn site, it would have to be a lot. Like that would have to be a life changing amount of money, to be honest. Because really, he could, here's the thing: if it was something that I was really like passionate about and I wanted to help get a message out, probably not so much. But you know, let, let's be honest. Unless there's some some major life uh, trajectory changes for me, that would be the thing that I was known for. And <laughs> like, I could see like everyone I've ever known reading that headline. Like, Aaron Jaffe uh, streaks at Super Bowl to promote a porn site, and they're like, "Yeah, that tracks. That's that's about what yeah. we figured." <laughs> like, God fucking damn it! Like, that's that's not what I want my enduring legacy in this world to be. If it was for for a cause or there's some reason where I really felt that that, that should that that would be worth it and I was more willing to have my name attached to it, then the price figure drops down dramatically. But to to literally smear my own, well, maybe not even smear, to streak my own name for, for money, it would have to be a lot of fucking money. Like how much? Like a million? <sighs> five million. Couple, five five million. million? You're an expensive streak. Five million. 
yo, I I put I, a, I put some like, value on my name. Not that it has any. It's like right right now, my name is like at GameStop value before that whole. Uh, you probably didn't even understand this reference, but but before everyone on uh, Wall Street bets got a hold of it and like it jumped up. What I don't want is for my name to end up having negative value and end up being what everyone has to sell GameStop stock for after this whole Wall Street bets thing blows up in their face. I'm, I'm a little bit cheaper than you. I was thinking like, because you get a ticket to the Super Bowl, so you probably got, because it happened the fourth quarter, so you had to see most of the game. So that in itself is kind of a cool thing. Like, hey, I'm at a Super Bowl. Like, that's that's cool already. I would have said like, I don't know, like a hundred grand. I might, I'd do it. Dude, fuck that. That's See, now I question your business sense, Armando. Here, no, here's a hundred grand. A hundred grand gets me like halfway to a good house in a decent state. Yes, it gets you halfway there. Now I have a question, Armando. Are you planning okay. a, about ever applying for a job for the rest of your life? Yeah, but you can probably take a fucking minimum wage job and pay off the rest of the mortgage. Like, you know what I mean? Dude, like, a hundred thousand grand isn't shit these days. Yeah, but you know, I'm like that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm a cheaper streaker than you. Hey, I might I might have even showed nipple. That guy wasn't showing anything too risque for for whatever he got paid. Again, if it was for a a good cause, if it was to bring some sort of awareness, if you're really making a stand against something you're passionate about, that might even it would certainly close some doors, but it might open some other ones. Uh, streaking for a point site, I mean, that is a, a cash grab, and that's it. And if you're gonna make a cash grab, fucking get a whole full bag full of it and get out. That's what I'm saying, dude. 100 grand is good enough for me. I'm a cheaper. I'm a cheaper. Do you, give uh, me a duffel bag full of cash and dildos and get out of my way. Whoa, whoa, bag of dildos. What do you do with dildos? It's for the it's for the porn site. Oh, gotcha. Makes sense. It, it doesn't really, but you know what? We're gonna pretend it didn't move on. Let's go. All right. That that was this week in Florida, man. That took a, a weird turn. Let's let's try to reground a little bit and uh, see if we have some interesting shows to watch on Netflix. Hey, Aaron, have you seen the Pirates of Tijuana? <laughs> I, I did, I did. Uh, um, I don't know how I come up with this shit. Like, it, I give you credit for going with it, but you got to give me credit with coming up with some of the stupidest fucking idea shows. It is incredibly difficult. I mean, you, you just take. A, a popular franchise, and you switch one word. The the genius hey, you. and brilliance that it takes to do that. Like I can't even, I can't even comprehend. And I'm I am continually amazed and humbled to be in your presence when you do it. Suck it. <laughs> Come on, man. The Pirates of Tijuana. What do you got? Yeah, no. I, I'm so so. This is actually a really interesting reboot, right? Because everyone is familiar with uh, with the Pirates of the Caribbean, the Caribbean, and and Mr. Uh, Mr. and Captain, holy fuck, how dare I, Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, it, it was great. It was an amazing first movie. And then the franchise, uh, like a sinking ship, slowly went down and down until uh, it, it's just sitting at the bottom of the ocean right now. And people were like, right. That was great. We loved Captain Jack Sparrow. You know, he's sort of drunk. Oh, I'm on rum. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. I'm the best, worst pirates you've ever seen, right? He was sort of, he was like a little bit gay. He was a little bit masculine, always really, really drunk and funny. 
and it just got old. So they're like, how can we reinvent that character? We would, we would, you know what? We want us, we want to, we want to tweak that that sort of masculine to gay ratio a little bit. So instead of Pirates of the Caribbean, we're gonna make it the Pirates of Tijuana, and he's going to be a, a Mexican. A Mexican pirate. Who's the uh, who's the who's the actor that plays the uh, Mexican pirate? I forget. This was an easy easy casting. They're like Johnny Depp. We want jo- a, a sort of Johnny Depp equivalent, but with a little more machismo, a little more huevos. I remember. I still remember. Once once upon a time, uh, Armando <laughs> teaching this, this saying is like you have to have head, heart, and huevos eggs because. Well, I think what he was trying to tell us is that protein is very important to be a manly man, and you, you so you have to eat a lot of eggs, like in Rocky, so you can have strong muscles. I think that's what he was saying. Don't ruin a pledging. Se- that's a trade pledging secret, sir. You're not supposed to. That's that should. I'm gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't. Anyhow, so instead of uh, of Johnny Depp, they went with Antonio Banderas. Ooh. Right? Like machismo coming out the eyeballs and the nose and the, sometimes the rectum. Don't talk about that. Whoa. But that, look, it was once what happens in Tijuana stays in Tijuana. That's, that's actually one of the, the sayings like, uh, that, that they use in parts of, of Tijuana. So basically, this, this movie takes place in, in there's, there's that little like, coastal area where it's sort of in between the border. I mean, so, at the, so at this point, this is an historical movie like, like Pirates of the Caribbean. So th- this, is, this is when uh, Mexico, Mexico still controlled uh, most of Southern California. And, and you've, you've got the, the, um, the, the colonists, the, the, the El Gringos coming in <laughs> and... They're trying to establish, they're trying to make the gringo cities, and you've got standing up against this imperial capitalism, the great pirate, and he's not, he's not Jack. What it, so, so, Armando, I bet you can even guess what his name is. What, it, what is this Spanish equivalent of Jack? Well, there isn't, but I, I, you're probably going to go with, like, Juan. It, exactly. Or, or Jose. Juan or Jose, one or the other. It's, it, is, it was, you, you got it on the second time, is, is Captain... Jose, and of course, you also will get this. What 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 is what would be what would be a a Mexican equivalent of a sparrow? Uh, I don't know. Oh come on, you you you've surely uh, isn't that isn't that did you not were you not raised hearing I don't stories? Know, I don't know what a fucking sparrow is in Spanish, dude. I know bird is pajaro, but I don't know what a sparrow is in Spanish. I don't think there are sparrows in Mexico, bro. Yeah, no, I'm saying it, it's 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 the it's what is the most famous Mexican bird? I mean, it's not a sparrow. What is the most uh, famous Mexican bird? I don't know. Mondo, I I I'm disappointed. Your 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 knowledge of Mexico is underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm not the improv genius guy. Uh, I don't know. No, it's I it's would- fine. It's fine. I'll tell you. So so he he he's ca- captain. Jose Blas J. What? It's, it's the Blue Jay. Oh, okay, sure. I, I was literally googling. I'm like, fuck. What is what? Mondo doesn't know this. What's what's the Mexican bird? That was the yeah, first one that came up. So so so. Uh, actually, how do you how do you say spar- uh, sparrow? I would have rather. I don't know how to say sparrow. That's what I'm saying. I would have. Ra- you know, I I would have rather you gone with like. We're, we're losing the thread. What was the thing that you just said? Got- Capitan Jose Burro. Burro. 
There you go. That's like a that's like a donkey. Oh, burro. Okay, we can do that. Uh, oh no, uh, ch- ch- <laughs> Captain Jose Chupacabra. There you go. <laughs> that, that one's actually better. That one works better. I like it. Yes. So Antonio Banderas is playing Cap- Captain Jose Chupacabra, and <laughs> he's sort of a Robin Hood esque figure. Um, not not Robin Hood, the the trading app that just. Is <laughs> like fraudulently bad and, and basically uh, protects multi-billion-dollar hedge funds. We're talking about like historical Robin Hood, rob from the rich gringos, give to the poor. F- uh, they don't really have favelas in Mexico. That's that's uh, Portuguese. Yeah, por- Portuguese. That's in Brazil. But you understand the the, the, the hovels. We, we we take we we go on the expeditions and we will raid. We will take. Their gold and their money, and we will go back and have many Sylvesters and Cervezas. And of course, of course, <laughs> let me, let me, let me, let me tee this one up for you. This is one where you don't even need any improv. Of course, Captain Jack Sparrow is famous for his love of rum, so you can guess what Captain Jose Chupacabra loves to drink. He loves to drink. Tequila, duh. No, tequila. actually, no. Yes, let me, tequila. Let, I want to change tequila. it. I want to change it. He, he drinks mezcal because it's a little more uh, not as well known. And I think mezcal is more of like a... a yes. A, it's actually a, a cheaper version of like for that. See, that, that's, that is what you would think. You'd think it would be mezcal, except the problem is you're forgetting this is still a Disney-owned property. And oh. they have to do a lot of marketing and cross-promotions. So co-currently coming out with this movie is going to be uh, Captain Jose Chupacabra's tequila, which you Got can, it. which so so they're gonna promote it in the movie and they can sell because the, 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 the el, el gringos uh, americanos they don't know what mezcal is that's confusing to them they've heard of tequila and and it, the slogan for the tequila is uh, Captain Jose Chupacabra's tequila just a little warm in your stomach will do <laughs> it's and it's weird like it, it sounds like a little bit sexual but. You don't really know, so it works. So it can still there, there, there. Oh, you said worm. I thought you said warm. Oh, just a little worm in your stomach. Got it. Now, now it's more funny. It's it's both that you don't know which one. That's the thing because there's the sensors at Disney, and it has to fly just under the radar. It's sort of pushing the boundaries, much like the little worm. <laughs> so, so it's really he really is a a, a great um, sort of swashbuckling pirate. He he's a lot more bold, a lot more machismo than stupid Captain Jack Sparrow. The the big question that I'm surprised you you haven't asked are, are the other characters. So do you have any questions about the other characters in the, yeah, in the yeah. show? Yeah, because because in all the movies, Jack Sparrow is kind of uh, you know in the in the pirates movies, he's always like kind of sort of doesn't really have a love interest until like the third or fourth installment. Does he have a love interest in this one? Does, and who is it? He, okay, he does. And this is okay. This is the sad part, right? There, this was apparently a very hotly contested part. And word is, Salma Hayek wanted this bad. Like she, she, you know, because she, she would have been was she in Desperado with Antonio Banderas? Uh, she was in one of yeah. She was in something like that. Yeah, sure. One of the one of the older movies and. They're like, great, like this is the chance to reunite. This is going to be amazing. Like Selma Hayek, definitely still super hot. And uh-huh. fucking Hollywood is like, yeah, you're still super hot. You are too old. Even though Antonio uh, Banderas is like 70 years old, you, you're too old to be his love interest. And this was there was a big lawsuit that was filed that it was ages never. And they're like, it's Hollywood. Fucking deal with it. And so they 
ended up casting Anna de Armas, if you're familiar Ooh, with her. She's hottie. She's a lot yes. younger. She's way younger, though. She is old enough to be uh, Antonio Banderas' great-great-granddaughter. And that's he's kind of trying to bang that? That's crazy. A little bit. But you know what? Like they, they, It's Disney, so they could do a little bit of CGI. And um, he's definitely... He, 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 part, part of his training... Because, you know, like at this point, they all have... Uh, personal trainers and fitness gurus and health experts and everything. So part of Antonio Banderas's training, separate from the extensive CGI um, that they did on him, was to go uh, with Sylvester Stallone's trainer. Oh, shit. And, and also being that they were shooting this all in Tijuana, it was very easy for, for Antonio Banderas to get copious amounts of steroids and human growth hormone. So, like, uh. biologically, at this point, he, he is, like about 30 years younger than his body should be when they were filming this because he's just hopped up on growth hormone and testosterone. I really see it come out in the performance, right? Because instead of, instead of being a, a, a sort of a, a dro- droopy little worm from the tequila, he's, he's a strong, uh, f- fuert, f- no, fuck, I forget how you, how do you say strong uh, on Espanol. You say fuerte? You could say oh, I was, fuerte. Fuck, I was close. Why did I question myself? He's a fuerte worm. So, so it's not it's not as weird as you would think, but it's still a little bit weird. Um, and but here's the thing: Anna de Armas is so hot that you don't even care. You're like, y- yes, would Salma Hayek been a more age appropriate selection? Would it have been a great blow against the sort of ageist and sexism of Hollywood? Sure, Anna de Armas, ten out of ten, smoking hot. We're fine with it. That was that was what I think Disney was gambling on. Um, who, uh, who's there's always a pro or an antagonist. Who the hell is the antagonist to uh, Captain Jose uh, Chupacabra? Sorry, my bad. The the oh the antagonist. Sure. Yeah. Um. Well, so so of course he he's fighting the the uh, the gringos, right? So they they were like, how do we get like just like the most like white bread like like this guy's you know ancestors like his his great 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 grandson is gonna grow up to be an annoying uh middle management you know guy in an office that tells you that you didn't file your report right basically like they they wanted the the sort of successor to uh lumberg from the from the office to be the antagonist Ah. because that's what that's what they're trying to go for they wanted just just sort of a dumpy white guy that could just get smacked in the face with with Captain Jose Chupacabra's mighty worm. F- figuratively. Figuratively. <laughs> fuck. Wow. This just got a little bit weird. You understand what I was saying. I was just I, I was I'm I'm being expressive and bold in my language. You have to understand that I speak in metaphors. I'm speaking the language of love, not of your your I kind of, I kind of lost. I had the accent for yeah, about yeah. I was going Russian seconds. for a while, it was and going I'm like, like, no, I can't. I'm losing it. I'm lo-. anyhow. So they cast Paul Giamatti. Oh as, shit! I like Paul Giamatti. He's good, but he he like middle management white guy is a a uh, sort of nervous and fidgety too. That is a mode that he can just nail, much like uh, Antonio Banderas tries to nail. Ana de Armas with his f- strong and fuerte worm. Um, <laughs> so, fuck, spoiler alert. God damn it. Every episode I get one spoiler alert. He, he's the antagonist. You know, he, he plays a... Uh, uh, not, so there isn't a full Navy at this point. Like, the the um, colony hasn't really established himself. But he, he, he plays the head of the uh, colony's police force. 
which isn't really historically accurate, but like it's Disney. They don't really fucking give a shit, right? They they made Mulan and and Pocahontas. <laughs> like they can do whatever the fuck they want with history, apparently. So he's the head of the, the colony's police force. So he's just got all kinds of like police goons. Uh, you know, at their disposal, they'll go into houses and they'll they'll, try, they'll pull out the the proud Mexicanos from their their houses to make way for the colonists. And then, of course, right at the darkest moment, when they've they've pulled these families out and they they took a small child from his parents, dastardly evil act. Who do you think swoops in to save the day? Captain Jose Chupacabras. He's like, yes, I am here. I'm Captain Jose Chupacabra. And this will not stand. And I was about to make another dick joke. It would be so easy. This will not stand. It, it just <laughs> begs a dick joke. And I'm like, you know what? I think I went one too many times to the dick joke well, which is a real thing. But what's not a real thing is going one too many times to a strong, fuerte bottle of Captain Jose Chupacabra's tequila available in stores now. Brought to you by Disney. I was going to say, I don't know that Disney's want to sell alcohol, but maybe. You never know. Disney wants to do anything that will get them lots and lots of money. It is Disney. They have no soul. Let's go. Got it. So that, I mean, I think in a nutshell was the Pirates of Tijuana. To wrap it up, I mean, the casting of Antonio Banderas, I think they probably could have gone with a younger, less well-known uh, Latin actor, but it's Disney, so they needed a big name because it's going to be in money grab. I want to see Ana de Armas in her like little, like her little floral senorita dress. But yes, uh, you hit on it. That's what I was good. That is, if you don't like the plot, if you don't like Antonio Banderas, uh, you can still go see the movie for Ana de Armas because if you do not like Ana de Armas in a, a, a bonita. Uh, sort of peasant dress, then I submit that you are not a real man and you're not worthy of looking at Anna de Armas or drinking Captain Jose Chupacabra's fine tequila. <laughs> you maniac. That was, this was a good one. That was, that was, uh, I, I had fun with this I like, I like how you I like how you sprinkled it in with the accent. And that, like, for a split second, you kind of went Russian, or you were, like, steering towards Russian. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I can only do any accent for about 10 seconds, and then I start to lose it. Same thing. Same thing with Australian. I can do Australian for about 10 seconds, and then I don't even know what it starts. It all, it, it all just devolves into the same nonspecific accent for me. Same with German. Any, any accent I try to do, but yeah. Uh, that that was fun, and you know what? I actually do have a real Netflix show to recommend. That is also it's not it is not uh, it's not Spanish, it is not German, it is not Russian, it is actually French, en français. Uh oh. You you think you can handle a a French made show that you would have to? I think probably it's best to listen to it subtitled. Uh, that's what I'm doing with Alice in Borderland. I'm watching it like actually one of the episodes came in with the English dub, and I didn't like it, so I watched the rest of them with the subtitles. I'd prefer to hear the na- their native tongue and then with the subtitles. In so, so for me, any any property like that, I just I like to hear whichever has the best uh, voice acting. So like, 99 times out of 100, it's going to be in the native language, and occasionally the the, the the dub is so good where I'm like, oh, I'll just listen to it like that. But but this show, the the, the acting uh, in French is great, and the dub sounded like um, 
you know, like when they would dub like the old uh, Japanese, you know, samurai movies where it's my my voice is not moving even remotely close to my mouth. Like it was that that hollow of acting. But anyhow, the name of the show is Lupin en français. C'est très bien. Say it again. Lupin. It's so it's it's Lupin uh, in uh, English L U P I N, but in French it would be Lupin. The best way I could describe the show is if it would, it's basically like if James Bond meets Ocean's Eleven. So instead of being, uh, you know, a, a sort of secret agent with with tactical gizmos and, and tools and things like that, he, he's a gentleman thief. And I guess this is actually an old French story that there were, um, that has sort of been reimagined in present times. I really don't want to spoil too much of this, but like the 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 first episode starts off where you, you're sort of getting introduced to the characters, you're learning a little bit about their backstory. This uh, this this necklace, this uh, which which the main character is personally connected to, is going up for auction, and he's got a whole backstory both with the family who owns the necklace and the necklace itself, and he has decided that he is going to steal it. Because he, he is Lupin. He's a gentleman. Oh, that's. Thief. I was going to ask you what Lupin meant, like if it meant necklace or it's the guy's name is Lupin. Uh, so, no. So Lupin is it's actually the the, the name of um, of a of a character, and I, I think it's a real book that this, this series is based on. It, it's it's Arsène. I, I actually forget how you pronounce it. I think it's Arsène Lupin. So he's a fiction. Uh, let me just read this, the the uh, blurb of the story. Arsène Arsène Lupin is a fictional gentleman thief and master of disguise created in 1905 by French writer Maurice Leblanc. He was originally called Arsène Lupin. Uh, that doesn't really matter, but. So, so this 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 whole series is based on on a you know nineteen oh five novel, um, but it, it's like a reimagining. And basically, what happens is the main character's name is not it's not Lupin, it's Essen Diop. Well, so he came to France as as an immigrant. I think it was probably from Senegal. I can't remember wh- where in Africa it was. Um, you know, poor poor African kid with his father. Shit goes down in his childhood, which is not very good. And the la- the last sort of parting thing he has from his father is a copy of this this book Arsène Lupin, uh, the Gen- Gentleman Thief. You're saying even the French shit on black people. Like, why does it got to be the brother that steals shit? But this is the part that I really like, I, and, and it turns it on its head a little bit because I'm gonna break it to you. Like the the European countries have their own weird set of racism. It's like different than than. It is in the U.S. Like par exemple, that means for example en français. <laughs> uh, uh, in Germany, when I lived there, they didn't really have a problem with like black people or like gay people or anything the way that we did. But at least in in, in Hamburg, where it was, they hated the Turkish. Like <laughs> I had this thought. I was like, oh, they're talking about the Turkish the same way I've heard stupid rednecks in the U.S. talk about Mexicans. Like, they're coming up here and they're taking their our jobs. They're not the best. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I guess this exists everywhere. So the Turkish are the Mexicans of Europe. <laughs> oh, basically, well, no, of Germany. So for, for French, it's a little bit different. Because remember, uh, France had a lot of colonies in Africa. Uh, and they made a bunch of money from these colonies because there were all kinds of natural resources and things in Africa. And then when the you know the people from those colonies were like, "Oh, we'd like to go to France," they're like, "Oh no, 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 no thank you. We don't, <laughs> we don't oh, want that, that exactly." 
no, 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 merci. <laughs> so, but the cool thing about Lupin is, again, he is really in that, well, I, I keep calling him Lupin, about Hassan Diop, is that he is very much in now in this, like, James Bond mold, because he, he got this book about this gentleman thief from his dad as a kid, and he just grew up, like, reading it over and over again and trying to learn from it, and, like, he's molded himself as this sort of this gentleman thief, kind of the same way that James Bond was a, a gentleman um, spy. He's incredibly smart. He's always outwitting people. He's he's thinking two, three steps ahead. You know, right when you think he's fucked up, you say, oh, this was really part of an evolving plan that he had. And the writing is good enough where it holds up. Like, even the parts that you can guess at or you can figure, oh, this is what he was doing. Usually there's a, at least for me, there was like still like one twist or wrinkle that I didn't see coming where it was legitimately delightful or you're like, oh, fuck, that was great how they did that. I am I'm halfway through the series right now. I've been taking my time with it. This is a first season or is it a mini series? It says the series consists of 10 episodes released in two parts. So I think that's going to be the whole thing. Gotcha. Um, and it, it's it's been very good so far. Just back to your original point about like, oh, is this fucking racist? Why does it have to be the black guy? It, it's great seeing a black guy both navigate some of the, the sort of it's not like really overt racism the way it is in some parts of the US but like navigate some of the racism or at least sort of perceptions that that you people have in in France and do it all with this fucking cool ass James Bond air where he's just not bothered he's always like like I said one step ahead he's out thinking people he's outsmarting them and as far as that goes I will tell you there's one part that was absolutely fucking hilarious to me <laughs> <laughs> where they were very aware of what they're doing was um, he he he's going to to an area that he knows is going to be heavily video surveilled. He's going to be on camera, and he doesn't you know doesn't want people to be able to see his face. And so he he goes in, and he's wearing like the brightest orange beanie I've you've ever seen in your life. And the the hilarious part is like like he's you know he 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 is a a dark skinned black man and he's wearing this fucking bright ass orange beanie and like none of the video cameras can actually pick up his face <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah that actually is le- le- like legitimately how that would work that's pretty funny so far i mean i i, I give this i give this series I, I don't know a nine out of ten i mean oh wow the the character of of lupin is uh, i keep calling him lupin but like asan diop becoming the gentleman thief he, he's a great character there's some good supporting characters it's it's well written, well plotted. You know, any of the little plot inconsistencies are really easy, at least for me to forgive and kind of ignore. On top of all that, it's just fun. So it just hits all these check boxes for me. So I I highly recommend Lupin on Netflix. Uh, damn. C'est Lupin. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you the, my review en français. Lupin, c'est uh, très bien, c'est magnifique. Et Lupin, il est très intelligent. A Elaine Noir. I said it's very good. It's magnificent. Uh, Lupin is very intelligent, and he's black. <laughs> <laughs> Fucker, that's funny. He's very intelligent, and he's black. C'est très amusant. I don't know what that means. That's very. F- it's that's very funny. That's very amusing. That oh, okay. que que les hommes that the man 
and Noir is black. It's very amusing that the man is black, says Armando. Except for I didn't do it in French. I, I did it in good old American English. En anglais. I don't know. Wow, that was weird. I said en anglais, and I don't know what accent, but in French. Huh. Anyhow. So that that was that was new on Netflix. I mean, so you got guys have two absolute bangers to catch up on. The Pirates of Tijuana with Captain Jose Chupacabra and Lupin, uh, which is which is a crime thriller mystery drama uh, starring. Wait, who's it starring? Hold on. This is a real guy. Because I, I want to actually give this guy. Oh, yeah. O- o- Omar Sy. That is the guy's name. Yeah, Arm, Arm, Omar Sy. Yeah. Like he gives a great performance. Um, is this one is this one on actual Netflix or is it on another streaming? This service? one is on actual legit Netflix because uh, okay. apparent apparently my Netflix algorithm has figured out that I will watch really good shows even if they're not in English and it's like oh oh that that's up your alley. Well, guess what? Check out Omar Sy in Lupin. Got it. C'est très ma- uh, magnifique et il est noir and he is black. Okay, that's what it said. That was what the Netflix blurb said which i thought was a little bit uh racist but you know what netflix you guys are on so much fire you can do whatever you want all, all that being said let's we just we just we just heated it up a lot right two absolute fire netflix shows let's let's cool it down a little bit and get into some nitty-gritty ask reddit questions uh do you have an ask reddit question for us yes i do um <clears throat> Ask Reddit question number one. People who just up and left one day and started a new life, what was your experience like? Well, shit. This sort of ties into what I was just talking about, but let me. I should probably let you go first. Okay. Um, yeah, I did it once. Uh, I was born and raised in Southern California. I've been here my entire life. And an opportunity to uh, manage a branch in the field I worked in. Uh, popped up in Bakersfield, which is not super far. It's not like I'm moving out of state. It's still California, but it's about two to two and a half hours drive on good traffic to get there, which was, uh, you know, the furthest I've ever lived from home, really, ever. You know, so I did my little bit of research as to, like, what what, what is there to do in Bakersfield, cost of housing, all that kind of crap. And uh, finally, what broke the straw on the camel's back, so to speak, was that... Um, there used to be a river that ran through Bakersfield that had fishing. So I was like, okay, at least I could do that when I'm up there, right? Uh, it was interesting. Cost of housing was a lot more affordable in L.A., like, big time. Um, if you didn't mind the smell of fucking cow shit in the summers. And it was super hot. That's another thing. It's like, there'd be days, like, I'd wake up in the morning and be, like, like mid-80s, late high-80s, maybe even low-90s in the morning. Like, I'm talking, like, 8 o'clock in the morning. So that was something I had to get used to. Why I didn't like it was because it was hard to kind of plug into any social stuff going on up there. It felt like there wasn't a whole lot of social stuff going on. Anytime there was something going on, I took advantage. So if there's like a concert going on or a live music show or anything like kind of like was up my alley, I would show up to it. There was like a couple like drinking festival type of dealios so i took i took full advantage whenever there was something rather rather social going on but to like plug in and make friends is kind of tough so i really just kind of hung out with my uh co-workers here and there and and uh yeah it was uh it was strange not knowing anybody if i ever do move 
away again, you know, here that I'm looking for jobs in like Flagstaff and Vegas and, and Colorado and I, I want to make sure I know somebody there. So I'm not, I'm not completely like miserable, isolated, you know. Um, but it was it was fun. I actually look back at Bakersfield with fondness. There was a lot of people I miss um, from up there that, that made my time up there like really, really pleasurable. And, and uh, like I said, they, my, my dollar was stretched. So that was kind of cool. Like I had this big three bedroom, uh, two and a, I'm sorry, three bedroom, one and a half bathroom place to myself. And for a single guy, like you can't get that out here in LA at all, like on a on a single guy's income. Was there something that you ended up really liking about that environment that you did not expect? Yeah, uh, having lived in like LA, uh, and and uh, you don't realize like how fast life moves. And conversely, like in Bakersfield, like it was a little slower, which made me appreciate like everything a whole lot more like I wasn't I wasn't like anxious like a, like a lot of anxiety in LA like you gotta you're gonna go from here to like if you gotta make an appointment or you're gonna go you're gonna go to a show but it's across town it's in Los Angeles downtown LA like you gotta map your day you gotta plan your day out that was none of that in Bakersfield like if you want to do something you can just do it and not have to really do much planning for example I went to like a it was a concert uh sublime and like Sublime in LA sells out, right? Wait, like wait you, quick, you, quick, quick question. Sorry, is is this the band Sublime, or is yeah, this no. like a knockoff band that means no, no, like no. less than it, lime? It's it's no, like a, no. a citrus themed band, Sublime. It was no, it was Sublime with Rome actually, because obviously oh, okay. Brad Knowles passed away. But like I bought, I bought the tickets like. 15 minutes before <laughs> the show started, and they, ma, there was still plenty of tickets. Ma, ma, Mondo was like, I. Have no patience for your shitty fruit-based joke right now. Continuing with my story. Go, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I got I got your joke, but no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, no, that wasn't no knockoff. Nothing. There was a lot of really good bands. The first time I saw Imagine Dragons was out there. Believe it or not, I saw Imagine Dragons out there before they were big in L.A. or big nationally. That was sort of the same thing where it surprised me. Like when I lived in in uh, Cleveland, I saw way more live music than I ever had living in Los Angeles or. Uh, you know, in Philadelphia and the East Coast, where like in theory there was a lot more of that around, but it was just so much easier and cheaper to get to that I ended up taking advantage of it more. So yeah, that that was that was uh, unexpected, but I definitely appreciated it up there. The just just the just the, the slow or not the slowness, but like just life is a little bit more take it easy, like a little more relaxed. Hey Mondo, you, you you know what I always say. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. That's my quote, Aaron Jaffe. I don't think so. Yeah, I yeah. said it first. Okay, sure. I get 10 cents in royalties every time Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, plays because they ah, owe me that. See? They see, stole it. We litigated right. it in court. Um, and I won because it was my quote. Fuck you, Ferris Bueller. Uh, what about you? Where, where, when did you have to get up and go? Many times I, <laughs> I, I'm weird because I will obsess over like small mundane things. Like, like it, it takes me like three weeks to figure out what portable vacuum cleaner I want to buy, like reading reviews and all this shit. And then major life decisions on a whim, I'll be like, eh, okay, let's do this. Right. So, I mean, just going to college across the country, that was one, uh, I, I've done it countlessly, but I guess being that I, um, I mentioned, Living in Germany, I, we should probably talk about that, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
so just to to sort of recap, because I, I guess I mentioned some some of these things that happened immediately before I moved to Germany. You know, in the months preceding that move, I had uh, accidentally showed up drunk to an interview at YouTube. Um, that happened. And then I'd also pissed off the CEO of Miramax, which I was not, mostly it wasn't me. Mostly I was just an innocent bystander. But like those two things together made me think, huh, you know, maybe the entertainment industry is not the place for me. Let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let's take a detour and try coaching. And, I, you know, I just coached this team in uh, Colorado to a state championship. I got to coach a, a game on Mile High Stadium. Because uh, Colorado is great with local sports. Like for the wrestling championships, they hold it in the Pepsi Center. For uh, the lacrosse state championship game, you, you actually play it on Mile High. And they do it right before, like there's a, pl- a pro lacrosse team. They do it right before and then they package it with this big like 4th of July. I guess it was 4th of July, like fireworks thing. So there were like 15,000 people in attendance. I mean, it wasn't nearly a, a, a full stadium, but it was one of the biggest crowds I'd ever um, coached a game. Probably actually probably the biggest crowd. So it was awesome, great experience. And then I see this this posting for a coaching job in Germany. And the the basic gist of it was the son of a German billionaire was on the men's national team in Germany. And the men's national team in Germany kept getting the shit kicked out of them by the English national team, who were much more established. They had all these like youth theater programs and everything. And this German billionaire was like, "Fuck, fuck this! This is this is." I'm just gonna try to do German accent. I won't. He's like, "This is not acceptable." <laughs> I, I will. I know. Oh, there we go. I found it. I will bring the lacrosse to Germany. We will get coaches. We will make the the youth leagues. We will do all of all of this. Now I must find the best and the brightest and bring them to Deutschland. And then somehow they found me where I'm like, well, that's approximately <laughs> what you're going for. Um, and it was, it was awesome. I mean, they, they paid for everything. Like they, they, uh, they gave me this one, uh, it was a one bedroom. Well, it wasn't even one bedroom. It was a studio um, in, in this, this uh, business park. And I, guess, and I guess business parks aren't really that popular in the U.S., but it's a th- it's more of a thing in Europe where it's like the idea was that you could have sort of your apartments and office buildings and like little shops like kind of all in this big thing so it would be self-contained so like you might have your apartment in the you know big uh building and then you could like go up a floor and then you'd be at your offices and then there would be like a you know small like uh market um like down the street and it was all sort of a self-contained little thing and this this biz- particular business park, I forget the name of it, but it was near the Sh- the Stad Park. It had been built with the idea that there were there's supposed to be a train line that was going to get put in that would run through, so you could easily just go from this business park to downtown and like all through Hamburg. And then the train line never happened, so <laughs> it was like practically empty, like maybe like a quarter of the population that was meant to be there was actually living there. So it was like this weird, like semi abandoned business park with like half the shops were open. Half of them, um, just didn't even have any, any, uh, tenants. And I don't think I ever saw another single person in this building the whole time. And like, I had this, it was a really nice little apartment. It was a studio, uh, had like a nice view. It was on like maybe the sixth floor and, it had a huge walk-in closet, which I just I just stuck a, a small bed in, so I could like have like a little separate sleeping. Never slept better than in that little fucking closet because it was completely black. I definitely enjoyed that uh, that aspect of it. Hey, um, I got a question for you. Yes. Like, 
move because you moved across uh, the fucking ocean, right? So like, how did you get? Like, did you just buy all new wardrobe and all new shit when you were over there, or did you like find a way to like fly some of your personal belongings over there? Well, no, so so this may be uh, a shocker, but they have uh, developed technology for airplanes where you can put bags on them. Um, yeah, but can you? Do you have like that little clothes? Like I have a lot of shit. Like even going up to two and a half hours, I had to get a fucking U-Haul of like clothes and furniture and bullshit. Armando, more times than I care to remember, I have gotten rid of all my worldly possessions, other than things that would fit in the back seat of my car or in this big Whittier College lacrosse duffel bag. Um, like so, so Whittier College lacrosse uh, had team duffel bags, like the huge duffel bags, that, you know, with Whittier College colors, Whittier College lacrosse. I don't think it's embroidered, but uh, and they, they were for the team. And I remember my senior year, I had the same fucking duffel bag. To, I took it. We took it on so many trips. I'm like, that's mine. I'm like, I'm fucking taking this. And they're and they're like, you can't. That's team property. I'm like, I, you don't understand. This this is mine now. I will take it. You, we can negotiate me giving you money for it, or I can just steal it. You pick, and they're like, "All right, give us two hundred dollars, and it's yours." Whoa! There is sentimental value with that bag. I will have that thing stitched up until the day I die. So many times, and this this trip to Germany being one of them, uh, it fits a lot of clothes. But I just put everything I owned, you know, or that I could fit in that duffel bag, threw the rest of it out, and just pieced out. That's crazy because I I still have, like I still have certain physical stuff that i gotta like figure like means to transfer like if i move to fucking uh, denver like i'm gonna have to rent a fucking u-haul not a big one but i have to get a u-haul to move some of the furniture and and random crap that i've got like i can't just throw it all in the back of my car i wish i could sometimes but no for me particularly when i was younger and i just didn't have things you know like furniture that were that nice i learned it was just easier and actually cheaper just to get rid of the furniture and get new furniture wherever i ended up I, I do remember <laughs> I was really disappointed because the first place they took me to eat when I got to Germany was McDonald's because it was a little bit late and the Boo. restaurants yeah the restaurants closed earlier and I was like what the fuck this is bullshit I mean that was that I was I was ready for this huge cultural difference and it's like the restaurants are gonna be different and a lot of it actually felt kind of similar one, one of the things though that I, I I still miss to this day about Germany was the, the grocery stores are so much better. You had, you had these little shops where you, you it was almost like, um, think about something slightly bigger than a, a 7-Eleven, but you could go in and buy like actual like fresh produce and meat. And like, there's these, these like little, like, uh, like corner markets basically. Um, cause I, I, I don't know if it was just my apartment, but I, I, the refrigerator I had was way, way smaller than like a normal American refrigerator. I suspect that in Germany it was more set up to do like like you know shopping every like couple days instead of just doing a huge grocery shopping like in America. And I really enjoyed that. I like step you know going to the little markets and grabbing stuff. And then they had full blown grocery stores, and the quality of the food there was so much better. Uh, like they had like microwavable meals that you could buy for like two euros, so like a little bit more than two dollars. And it tasted like something you'd get in a restaurant. And it just didn't have that weird, like, shitty preservative feel. That was great. I really enjoyed oh. that. I, another, <laughs> this, another difference that definitely struck me was the quality of drivers in Germany was amazing. Like, I, they didn't have, like, a huge bicycle riding culture 
at least that I was aware. I mean, I, it wasn't like there were tons of cyclists out with me, but I would ride right down the street in the middle of, you know, busy streets and feel a hundred percent safe because apparently it's just way, way, way easier to lose your license in Germany. So their drivers were perfect, like a hundred percent aware of what was going on. Like every turn was at like the exact precise, we, we are German. We will calculate the perfect angle to make this turn. We are aware of all pedestrians and we will turn efficiently and correctly. This is the German way. Like that was their, I don't know. That's how it felt. So I never, I just think it's because American drivers are assholes. They're all like, they're all like they, everyone in America thinks they're the only ones on the road and everybody else should bow down. That's, that's the, the way people drive in the States. Yeah, well, we, we're we're all about rugged individualism. Me and my car, and fuck you, get out of my way. Like that's the American way, yeah. right? Ger- Germans are all about like efficiency and engineering and practicality, and and then yeah, if you fuck up, you don't have a license anymore. Uh, next question on Ask Reddit: What's the dumbest, weirdest way you've ever hurt yourself? Should I go first, or do you want to go first? I think you should go first. Um, okay. I think I was like in the. Th- third maybe second grade i've got a messed up grill and it all was a result of this one stupid incident when i was like in the second or third grade i was like leaning back on the the chair like the chairs have obviously four legs i was leaning back on the back two legs and i lost my balance fell forward and my face pretty much it was what hit like the table in front of me like the very edge of the table excruciating excruciating pain Went to the nurse's office, went to see a dentist and all that nonsense thereafter. And I guess just the 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 big impact of having having banged my grill on the on the table there led to like progressive gradual uh unalignment of my fucking front teeth or a lot of my teeth. I, yeah, I remember at one point it was like, Hey, do you wanna get braces? We can get you braces. I was like, nah, fuck that. So had I known I could have corrected some of this shit when I was younger, I was just kind of too shy or too nervous about getting metal put in my mouth. Um, now that I'm older, I'm like, God damn it, I should have fucking gotten braces. Dude, Invisalign, it's not too late. It's like way easier and cheaper and you don't have to look like you're uh, 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 I got like a cyborg mouth. Yeah, maybe, but here's the deal is, because I used to work at an orthodontist office for a year, and so I know a little bit, tiny bit, as far as layman goes, as far as uh, orthodontia is concerned. And um, I went and had my 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 orthodontist doctor like kind of give me like a consultation, like, "Hey, man, can can I can I qualify for this Invisalign nonsense?" And he actually strongly encouraged I get some teeth removed and then go with an Invisalign. I was like, "Yeah, yeah I don't I don't want to have holes in my 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 mouth for fucking." a year or whatever well you know i i forget what it's due to but i know that's actually a, a problem in general like modern people like our our mouths like the actual size not just the teeth our, our mouths are getting smaller that's causing a lot of the crowding that people run into and having to yeah. pull teeth and realign and the, the bigger problem which i didn't realize is it actually collapses our our sinus cavities a little bit because if if that part of your your upper jaw is smaller, there's not as much room for airflow, and it can like fuck up people's breathing. So like all these people who have sleep apnea and all this other stuff, a lot of it's just because their their mouths are physically smaller than they're supposed to be, and there's not enough room. That was something that popped up. I think I first heard it on on a Joe Rogan podcast, but like they they got these palate expanders that are actually supposed to um, just expand 
like the the palate like the roof of your mouth and yeah. then a lot of times yeah like you do end up with gaps in your teeth because everyone's teeth have kind of crowded together and then you just have to get a Visalign or whatever to straighten them back out you don't need to pull teeth you just get your mouth the size it's supposed to be we had all kinds of appliances that we would have to like depending on uh, the you know depending on the treatment or depending on the patient uh, there was different appliances there was like the you know like you said the palate expanders there's like the TMJ stuff there's like a there's like 10, 15 different contraptions that can be, you know, inserted into your mouth to fix whatever whatever issues you've got. So I just didn't want any of that shit. And I'm old enough where my teeth are fucked up. I'm like, eh, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, that's... Dude, find a way to get your teeth fixed. If you can yeah. afford it, man, do it. It's, it's good. I can't afford it. <laughs> anyway. Okay, um, let, me, let me rephrase. When, because there will be, it's not an if or it's, it'll be a when. There'll, there'll sure. come a point. Just, just don't be shy about it. Just put, put that on, on the docket. And uh, when the opportunity presents itself, get that girl fixed. Sure. Or, or, or just go full rapper mode. Like bling down. Just pull everything out. Just get diamond encrusted grill. And, and, then, and just have it like in diamonds across your teeth say hose king. Yeah, maybe. Just full, full sell out. You go to make a sale. You know, you're just very tight-lipped. You're discussing details. And then, like, when they're about to sign, you just flash a big diamond smile that says, Hose King. And they're like, oh, fuck. Take all my money, Armando. You're the sales champion. Bam. Sure. Maybe. <laughs> uh, what about you? What's the dumbest or weirdest way you've ever hurt yourself? I was trying to think. Most most of the ways I've hurt myself are just athletic-related, and they're not particularly dumb. I mean, I'd say almost all of them, but... The one, the one that I was thinking about, this is actually sort of a two-parter because it was, it was two, two injuries, both dumb and both interconnected. The first, the first one happened freshman year of college, and this was actually during pledging. Uh, and not, not to get into all the details, but at least at that point, <laughs> sleep deprivation was a big fucking deal. Uh, and and it was, that was a sort of a central part of pledging where it's like, we're just going to get them so tired that they can't think or function. And, uh, then this whole thing will seem to make a lot more sense because er, their brains will be f- functioning about like 40% capacity. At least that's how it felt to me. <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. Whittier College had some deal with the power company that to prevent like a rolling blackout or something, they could just shut off all power at the school yeah. whenever, they, whenever they wanted. So combo sleep deprivation, Whittier College shutting off all the power. And remember at this point, at least for me, like I, I, I think I just gotten a cell phone, but I wasn't using my cell phone as an alarm. I was using an alarm clock because that's what we're used to back then. Sometime late Friday night or really early Saturday morning, Whittier College shuts off all the fucking power. And had, having been wrapped up in pledging stuff and, and sleep deprivation, whatever, I, I, I didn't hear about it at all. And then I also had a two-a-day practice for lacrosse. Because I was doing Hell Week for lacrosse and pledging at all at the same time. You know, I was just exhausted, like, just trying to, like, function in two separate things that were both designed to physically and mentally break you down. And I'm trying to do it at the same time. And w- with all that, there, were, there was just 0% chance without an alarm because my, my alarm got, uh, got turned off when the power went off. There was just no chance in the world I was going to wake up um, and no one else on the lacrosse team, they were kind of all like doing lacrosse stuff. They'd been eating and talking to each other and they all knew that this was going to happen. And of course I was doing pledging shit, so I didn't get the, the memo. So I just 
clean slept through the first practice. Then I'm just like, fuck, like, oh my God. Like they, and of course, you know, the, the coaches know I'm pledging. Like they know why, you know, they're like, he missed cause of pledging. And I'm like, yeah, that's more or less what happened, but this is fucked up. Like this isn't my fault. It's fucking shitty school. Sh- shut off the power. Nobody told me like, this is, bu-. I was angry. And I also had some energy cause I actually had a one good night's sleep. And I show up at the, se- the second practice and we're like in the stretching lines, you know, getting ready to, to start practice. Coach walks over. He's like, why did you miss? Uh, the first session, I'm like, uh, I was asleep, which was the truth. I didn't get any more words out of my mouth before he goes, okay, start running. So I'm just, I'm just running laps around the practice as they're practicing. And I'm furious, uh, just, just mad. In my head, I'm like, fuck you. I'm not slowing down. I bet anybody else at this point would, would start to like slack off. But every time you see me, I'm going to be at a full fucking run. And I just have all this like like anger and like extra sleep and and uh i i can't even i can't remember i did i did more than a hundred less than 200 laps around that field i was counting i had figured out exactly how far it was it would have it would have blown our our half marathon out of the water and (laughs) at the the end end of practice this whole time they're doing this like uh like face-off drill or something and they're like all right we're gonna we're gonna like pull him into this drill and embarrass him because he's exhausted now. I get the call. Okay, go, go, you know, you're going to come in and, and run the ring, wing on the faceoff, meaning I was going to be one of the guys on the edge of the field who like runs in on, on a full sprint. Um, long story short, like I had enough energy and just enough pissed off anger to actually pull it off. And I did really well, well in the drill. Practice was over. Like I'm actually kind of feeling like good about myself. I had this like huge, like adrenaline rush from that drill. I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck you fucking stupid college fucking everything. I'm like just pissing vinegar and we're walking back into the athletic center. And who do I see shooting some baskets, but my old roommate, Kenny Bowman, Kenny Bowman, Kenny Bowman of football and drug dealing fame, Kenny yeah. Bowman. One, one of the, the more colorful casts of characters from this saga of my life. And, uh, Kenny Bowman was a fam- also a notoriously short uh, wide receiver, which is part of the joke. I mean, he was he was five foot nine and not that fast. And I remember seeing him try to like jump up and touch the rim, and I, I don't think he quite got it. I was making fun of him, and he's like, "Fuck you!" Like you couldn't jump up and touch the rim. My dumb ass, having <laughs> having just run like probably it was I think it was probably like sixteen, seventeen miles, completely exhausted with my shoes untied, was like. Like, fuck you, Kenny. Like, I can touch the rim easily, uh, which I did. I jumped up and I touched the rim and fell down and then horribly sprained my ankle. Uh, gruesomely, some might say. And I don't, I don't even remember. I, I was hobbling for the rest of pledging with a wrapped ankle, which the only silver lining was I really couldn't participate in lacrosse that much because my ankle was fucked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So like it bought me it bought me uh, a few days of um, not having to go full blast in lacrosse, but it got to the point where I had a sprained sprained ankle and I was participating in lacrosse practice uh, as much as the trainers would clear me. Going back into the training room, getting my ankle re wrapped up because then I had to go back until like you know whatever two in the morning to do pledging stuff and like march around and do stupid shenanigans. That was not a real fun time. Flash forward to what so it's two and a half years later and this is i've never told anybody this um oh exclusive this is exclusive this is breaking news uh 
I guess it's not really breaking because it this happened in 2003. I I've I think I've mentioned that I fucked up like the the joint on my right big toe before because this this is on my mind a lot because I'm trying to work through all these these aches and pains as we get ready for this half marathon, and I never told anyone the truth how how that happened. Um, I told my coaches, the athletic trainers, literally everyone. Oh yeah, that that happened. Uh, at, like in practice at lacrosse, I, I sprained my toe. It fucked it up. We had this really hard dirt field basically but what really happened <laughs> was earlier that day it was a nice sunny day cool breeze like beautiful there there were a bunch of uh society people playing volleyball on the quad like you know, like barefoot as you do you know when you're when you're in Whittier you do as the the Whittierans do and you play barefoot volleyball and I jumped up to hit a ball and I came down and I just landed fucking funny on my toe and I was like this isn't good. I can't really walk. I will tell absolutely nobody, <laughs> which, which I did. And then like, I made it like a little bit into practice and then it was just was like, all right. Oh fuck my foot. <laughs> I, I, did, I did something to my foot. I have to go see the trainer. Were there, where, when you were playing volleyball, were there at least chicks there? Or was it all dudes? No, it was my, it was, yeah, there were, there were, I remember being like probably, it was a Whittier college ratio, so it was probably 66% guys, 33% girls. All right. Well, that's good enough. That's about right. But that was the whole point. It wasn't even like um, competitive or intense. It was just like, hey, it's just fun. Like, it's, we're lunch. We're just, you know, we're just going to play some volleyball. Like, like, if you can't do stuff like that at Whittier College, then really, what is the point of being at Whittier College? Um, that, that last part, what is the point of being at Woodard College? I think that's a question that many undergrads have asked themselves uh, through the years. Right now, right now, a lot of kids are fucking asking themselves why I'm going to Woodard College. It's expensive as fuck. Corona's fucked it it up. Corona's fucked it up so that living in the dorms fucking sucks nutsack. You know, you can't, it just, it's, it's gotta be miserable being a Woodard College student right now, unfortunately. Have you seen the tuition now? Oh my God. No, but I imagine, uh, it's gone up exponentially. (laughs) And, unju- and unjustifiably, take, take too. Take a guess. For, for this, and this is for 2019, 20, uh, 2020. Guess what it was? Uh, I'm guessing like 50000 a year. Boom. Right on the net. $49,514. It's dumb. It's what dumb. What the fuck? I mean, it it's was- It's ridiculous. And granted, that's the that's the sticker price. I, I there's probably like three people at the entire college that are actually paying that much. But when, when we went there, what was it, like low 30s? And then no, I think if I recall correctly, it was yeah. You know what? It might have been low thirties, but because I had lived in the dorms, it it, it had the 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 cost of in of living in the dorms and everything. All I said was like closer to forty grand a year. I, all I know, I was paying ten thousand dollars a year to go there, and I I can't even fathom. I mean, even that, like in hindsight, seems like it was a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I the whole the whole bill for for my four years was was well, it was it was a little bit more because I went for four and a half years, so my my whole bill was was. It should have been forty grand, and then that extra half year I had to pay more. So the whole but the whole bill for me ended up being roughly the cost of one year of Whittier College now. Yeah, but these motherfucking kids now are having to pay fifty grand times four. So you're talking about two hundred grand to go to Whittier College, and it's not. Sorry, Whittier College, you're not a fucking good school. You're like mediocre yeah, at best. School. It's pretty it's good school. Whatever. Don't, I mean, don't hate. So, so this is one of the things. As much as I was just shitting on Whittier College, uh, I think for me, there really were a lot of very good positives, and it was extremely helpful for me. Maybe for me, going to two years of Whittier College, and then almost using it as like a JUCO, and then going to two years of. Uh, 
a slightly, slightly more pre- prestigious, well-connected college would have been ideal. But if I had gone straight out of high school to some of the places that were recruiting me, it would have been a complete disaster. Um, yeah. I don't think I would have gotten any education because I was smart enough at a lot of those schools where I could have passed classes without ever going, and I would not have learned a damn thing. Interesting. For, for me, Whittier College professors, and I, again, I give them a lot of credit, they're extremely helpful with getting me to work through some of like my like the organizational problems I had and, and just accountability and things like that. Like the fact that they, the nothing else that the most of the professors I had like legitimately cared whether or not they showed up, you showed up in their class, like they legitimately wanted you to do well and would be personally disappointed if they thought you had ability and just fucked off. Uh, that made a huge difference for me. All right. Well, uh, I, I shit on Whittier College with the one hand and I lump praise on with the other, and it sort of makes a, a shit praise sandwich. Ew. That's that's the how I, I think of Whittier College as a shit praise sandwich. Some of the answers on Reddit hey, to hey what's Mondo, the can, dump- real quick, can you clip that and can we send that to Whittier College to see if we can get them to sponsor our podcast? Yeah, yeah, they're probably. <laughs> Dude, they're they're str- even even charging what they charge. They're struggling as a school. Like, yeah, every every small private college is at this point. I'll tell you what. What I, my beef with your college is that they made it unfun and un, unenjoyable. If you're a student, you you kind of want to get into a little trouble. Uh, Whittier mm-hmm. is so Whittier is so sterile now. It's like fucking going to the hospital. It's it, it it's sad, and I and I know this because. I was the freaking uh, whatever pledging master a couple years back, and I was like, I felt bad for the kids. Like, they couldn't have any amount of fun. Like, fun was fun was not a, fun was banned in Whittier College. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, moving on. Some yes. of the answers, some of the answers to what the dumbest weirdest way you've ever hurt yourself on Reddit are: I tore two ligaments in my left foot while we were just changing sides in a football game, of table football to be precise. I was like, what? the fuck i don't get it uh one time i shoved a knife into an outlet uh <laughs> yeah fucking redditors not the smartest always uh i sneezed while taking baked potatoes out of the oven and burned my arm <laughs> i'm i'm amazed that these people were able to like get a computer they know how to type like they could yeah. apparently set up a red maybe somebody set up the reddit account for them but ostensibly yeah. they're logging in on their own this is amazing these right. story these people are all to be applauded they've had to overcome some really great hurdles in their personal lives and they're they're thriving just by the virtue that they're able to make these posts on their own so i congratulate them once I tried to cut frozen bread and I ended up nearly cutting my entire thumb off. What a stupid way to get permanent nerve damage. My friend shot an arrow at the pole of a basketball hoop. It ricocheted and hit him in the shin. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Anyway, there's a bunch there's a bunch of more answers. Funny. There's a bunch of more answers. But why were you shooting an arrow at a fucking basketball court thing? Anyway. Um, yeah, you know, look, you, you had a bone and arrow uh, you're a suburban kid, so you didn't have a range that you could go to. It was the 90s. Like, that's just what you do, right? Sure, sure. Um, that's it for Ask Reddit, man. I, I guarantee that that whole story reeks of the suburbs. They're like, I'm a suburban kid, and my parents will give me whatever I wanted because I'm upper middle class, and uh, I asked a, for a bone arrow. But they're also too busy to actually, like, supervise me. So now I'm walking around my house by myself 
I didn't really think through like what I would do with the bow and arrow. What the fuck should I do? Oh, look, there's there's the basketball hoop that I don't actually use because I'm like five foot eight and white and not very athletic, and we didn't think it through before installing this. I'm gonna shoot the bow and arrow at it. Oh my god. Okay, okay. I have to go to the hospital. That's how that whole played out. Arrow in the shin. A shin arrow. That's it for Ask Reddit, man. I don't know what's what's next on our agenda. You know that was kind of the the tail end of it. I actually liked putting Ask Reddit at the end because I I, <laughs> I definitely. Uh, Went into a lot of my tangents towards the end, but that's good. Hopefully, we didn't lose all the listeners by that point. So that that seemed to work out. But all we had left was was I just wrote wrap up. If there was anything you wanted to add, any any updates, thoughts about our our uh, our impending half marathon, um, we uh, did we, we did book the place. I'm I'm psyched. It looks like a semi dump, and I'm completely up for it. Yeah, the place we booked was we so Aaron sent me three different places. One of them was like almost like an apartment loft type of deal where there would be like neighbors and shit. Another one was more like kind of a townhome type of feel in the middle of the city. The one that I really wanted to do was a little bit more further out, kind of in the woods, if you will, almost like a cabin like feel. I fucking love that shit. So I I saw that Aaron liked that, and I liked it, and uh. I'm looking forward to kind of uh, getting away for a weekend and, and getting this fucking run done and over with. Hopefully I'll have a job here pretty soon. I've been interviewing like crazy. Nothing's panned out yet. But uh, I'm still uh, looking all over the place. Super Bowl just happened. Uh, Super Bowl whatever it was. Tom Brady got himself another ring. Of course we mentioned that uh, there was a streaker. That was kind of cool. I was... I was torn whether who to root for. Um, it's hard for me to root for Kansas City because they're a division rival to my Chargers. But it's just as hard for me to root for fucking Tom Brady. So I was just content that it was Tom Brady minus the Patriots. And I was going for them. They were a three-point dog. And uh, they ended up winning 31-9, to I believe, was the final score. Like, Kansas City just sucked 75 dicks that day. So that was nice. I really thought hard about this. And, I, you know... I felt like the problem with Kansas City was their offensive line just didn't have the fire that they needed to. Like if they could have just gotten um, like some extra motivation and like a little little bit more um, just pep in their step, fire in their blood. I think that Kansas City would have had a completely different scenario. And do you know what I think would have <laughs> would have given them that extra fire? What would have been? Tell me. If they could have just had a few sips of Captain. Jose Chupacabra's fine tequila that would have put fire in their belly. That would have put the the, the oh, fuck. Now 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 it was almost now you went German. French. No, that was like closer. That was like a, like a French German hybrid. God damn it! I I should have quit while I was only a little bit behind with the accents. But but again, we just needed to get one more uh, plug in for Captain Jose Chupacabra's fine tequila. Cause because you know why this was our secret sponsor of the whole episode, Armando. We had a secret brought to you by <laughs> this stupid. episode was brought to you by Captain Jose Chupacabra's fine tequila. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, what I, I forgot what I was. You, you threw me off with Chupacabra promo. Um, oh, <laughs> I, I, I let I just love say say with me once. The name is so fun to say, Captain Jose Chupacabra. Just say it once. Captain Jose Chupacabra. Ah, it's so fun. (laughs) Um, Dude, I I want, God damn, I want live sports. I want to be able to attend live sports again. Like, 
hockey season is in full swing right now. I would love to go to a hockey game. It's cold as balls in there, and you're, like, wearing a jacket and a beanie and all that shit because I suck in the cold. But, um, man, I just want to be able to attend live sports or a live concert or something of some sort. But this stupid Rona, man. You, you, you fucking suck, coronavirus. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Oh, see, I... Actually, I, you know what? I do have an update that sort of links into that. I, I really don't care about attending live sports because unless the event is going to be so good that it's worth it for me to just sit through like, you know, however long it is, 90 minutes, two hours of just straight pain, it's not worth it. And the only thing that has even been close was like uh, a couple UFC events that I went to. And it would be a function of just kind of toughing it out and gritting my teeth during the whatever it was 15 minutes or 25 minutes of the actual fight and then in between fights it's like getting up and trying to like walk around and like stretch my neck out and um so like I, I couldn't give a shit either way about live sports for the most part but on on the good news you know j- just in my ever uh feels like never ending quest but hopefully at some point ending quest of seeing different doctors and trying to get a handle on this head neck and and uh shoulder problems um I saw a new doctor uh, he said everything that the previous doctor had said possibly could be bullshit and just not to focus on that. And he wanted me to try to get a, a diagnostic injection to see if it really was a problem with uh, my cervical spine or if that was at least part of it. And then two weeks later, so then it'll be next week, he wants me to get another one in my thoracic spine. And I said to him, I'm like, hey, this was literally the second thing I did way back in 2002. 12, I guess, or 2000, yeah, it would have been 2013 when all these problems started. So like, how is this going to be any different? And then he, and he told me, oh, well, you got a facet injection and that because of, of the way the, the, the bulge is like that actually wouldn't help. You have to get a different injection. It's, it's a half centimeter in, in a different spot, but the, the injections you got would have done absolutely nothing. I'm like, well, that's funny because the injections I did get did absolutely nothing. So he had me get a, a, a different injection. I got that. That would have been like last uh, Thursday, and then yeah, I did feel significantly better on Friday, Saturday. Like like looking up didn't hurt. Uh, I had a doctor's appointment the day after, and I managed to sit for thirty minutes with only a little bit of pain instead of a lot of pain, um, which was was surprising uh, because I'm I'm just eternally pessimistic now with any of this stuff, and. Um, all actually like bears well. And yeah, I had a physical therapy appointment today and she looked at my neck and she's like, Oh, this is crazy. Like all your, your vertebrae, like they're moving way better than they normally do. Like there's still a couple rough spots, but this is actually moving more or less the way it's supposed to. Like the muscles in your neck are like more relaxed. Like, yes, like this definitely had a, a positive uh, effect. So, so does that mean, does that mean they're going to have to be giving you injections like every no. so often? Oh, or? hell no, 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 no. That's, this was diagnostic. So the, and the other difference is he put, uh, the, this, this injection had, um, lidocaine in it, which is an anesthesia. So it's just numbing stuff up and it also had cortisone, but you can't, you can't, and so it's a steroid, but it's just going to knock out inflammation. Um, but you can't perpetually inject cortisone or you're going to end up doing like soft tissue damage. So this was more to find out, okay, is, is the, are these bulges in my cervical spine part of the problem? And then this looks like, okay, if this is part of the problem, then I'm probably gonna be looking at surgery for sure. Um, 
But I like this doctor's approach of, oh, there actually is a, a non-invasive diagnostic thing you can do instead of just like rolling the dice on hoping a really expensive surgery is going to help. And then he's going to do the same thing in, in the thoracic spine and, uh, next week, and we'll see how that goes. The, the only other weird th- where thing that I'm sort of contending with, and this, this loops back into our half marathon, is when I saw my physical therapist and she told me my neck was a lot better, I was like, hey, by the way, uh, can you also take a look at my, my hips? Because I have this old hip injury, and I'm trying to get ready to run this half marathon. And uh, like uh, a couple weeks ago, my left leg fell off. And she's like, what? And I was like, okay, it didn't literally fall off, but like all the muscles just stopped working for a while. And she's like, yeah, that's not good. Let's look at it. And uh, apparently my, my left hip is not like moving at all. Like, like the muscles are, are working, but they're working in a way that my left hip doesn't really have to move. She's like, yeah, you're going to have problems r- <laughs> running if your, your left hip isn't like articulating at all. It's like, okay. So I got that to work through. See, not only is uh, this half marathon going to give us a, a sense of pride and accomplishment, it might also get me to get my bum hip in slightly better working condition. Uh, yeah, it's gonna suck because I, I, yeah, I'm gonna. You're you're getting faster and faster. I see your progress, um, and then your distance. You're kind of catching up with me for sure. Uh, you already have some elevation to work with up there in good old Denver. And I don't have any of that shit. I have, I'm going to have to, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be a challenge anyways, but depending on, uh, you know, things like the variables like you and I both talked about, like rest, amount of rest we have the night before, all that shit, you know, we'll, we'll be able to pull it off. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Again, the go- the goal for us is just to, to finish, to like finish to, you know, together. We'll figure that out. It's not, it's not a race. Cause have you put any more thought into what our, uh, "Quote unquote cherry on on the top will be." Yeah, I just I, I think about it regularly. I don't know. I don't know. I'll will, will say, will it be an ice cream social? Will it be just get a fucking birthday cake with a gay candle on it, or uh, we're gonna get a uh, bottle of whiskey? The the two things, and this it could, it doesn't have to be. It could be a both. They're like really high, uh, like high proof, like whiskey. Apparently, is pretty easy on on the stomach. So I still think like some of that could be one. And then for me, it. We, there, there is a. Um, it's like an ice. It's like an ice cream alternative, and I've had them before, but I don't get them because they're so fucking. It's like seven dollars for a pint. It's um, all right. We can afford it. We're, oh, we're, for sure, <laughs> easy. No, it, I, I'm just saying. I don't want to like. I don't want to eat it like once or twice a week because I'm like that's more than I want to spend on ice cream. But it's like they're so good. Like there's one where it's like a, it's like like an acai ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you and I, when I eat it too, like there there is a fair amount of sugar in it, but like it it doesn't give me that oh I just ate a bunch of crap uh, feeling in my stomach. It like actually feels good. I'm like oh I get a little energy from this. This is nice. So maybe something like that. I'll keep thinking like because right. it, it's fun to when as you're trying to. Okay, I, I told you off the air. Um, so I, I did my longest run uh, to date, which was it was about eight and a half miles, and I was running around this this place called. Bear Creek Lake Park. It's usually you have to pay. It's like ten dollars to pay to, to to get into it. And as I rolled up, I saw a bunch of cars parked along the side of the road. And I was like, Oh, I, I see what's happening here. I get it. Like all these people have figured out a workaround. Awesome. I'll park here. And like, so I start running, and I'm probably like a third of the way through. And I smell like smoke. I'm like, That's is someone. Is there a fire? Like someone like roasting marshmallows? What the fuck's going on? Because uh, there was like a golf course and, and there were, I know, some like structures in the center of the park. So I was, I don't know if someone was doing like campfire shit. And then I get a halfway through and there's this 
huge billow of smoke coming up. And like, I guess this enormous brush fire in the center of the park got kicked oh, off. Nice. Uh, and yeah, apparently it was like 180 acres, like we're like just on fire. And I'm just fucking running around the perimeter of this, watching it unfold. And unfortunately, I was upwind from it the whole, almost the whole time. Um, and it was, oh my God, it was, cr- I don't know if you could hear how windy it was in that clip I sent you. I was getting almost blown off the trail. Like I was, I was leaning like on a 45 degree angle and just being completely supported by the wind. It was nuts, but it was a, it was a, an eventful run. And yeah, when I got back, there were like uh, two fire trucks and like five cop cars surrounding my car and all the other cars were gone. I'm like, fuck, hopefully they have more important things to deal with than my dumb ass, like entering this park illegally. So good times. We're getting cool. there. Uh, does that conclude this episode? Question mark. Or is there something else you wanted to add? Yeah. There's, there was only just one more thing that I wanted to add. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just all, all the, all the viewers, uh, sorry, listeners, I should say, I really want you to, uh, to encourage you, uh, as soon as you stop listening to this, to go out to a store near you and purchase a bottle of ca- of Captain Jose Chupacabra's fine tequila. <laughs> Idiot. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you uh, uh, next week. Have a good weekend. Adios. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.